Good morning, everybody. My name's Michelle. For those that I haven't met, it is great to be in a nice, warm gathering. You can take your seats. I love the chatter. It's a lot of chatter, maybe because we're all knowing that we've got an extra day off tomorrow. That's always very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. But this morning as we open up, we're going to be um, looking in Second Peter. And over here we see um, this letter written to a, um, a bunch of unbelievers. And it is written by Peter to these unbelievers that he sees that this bunch of believers, sorry, did I say unbelievers? Believers keeping everyone on their toes right here. So he's written this letter to the believers in this place, unknown as to what group they are. But where they find themselves is in this setting where there's a bunch of false teachers, there's a bunch of all sorts of stuff going on where sin is rapid, where there are people denying the, the second coming of Christ. All of this is taking place around these believers. And so Peter now writes a letter to them, encouraging them, to be able to continue in their growth in godliness. And this morning as we open up this word, many, many years after this word has been written to them, that for each one of us, it's true that we find ourselves in a world where there is a whole lot of sin, there's a whole lot of corruption, there's a whole lot of stuff going on around us. And this morning as we open up um, Second Peter, for every one of us, that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us what he would want to speak to every one of us. In a group of a couple of hundred people, that the Holy Spirit speaks in so many different varied ways that as we read this word, that he equips us, that he encourages us in that. That in our, in our journey of faith, that this letter is written that would encourage us to keep on growing, to continue to grow in our godliness. So who's ready to grow in this place? Are you ready? Why don't you turn to someone and say, are you ready to grow? Everyone loves those moments. Yeah, we're all ready. I can hear, yeah, we are ready. Why don't we pray? Yeah, Holy Spirit, Lord, we come before you even now. That, Lord, as we open up your word, that, Lord, that the revelation of your Holy Spirit, Lord, would speak to our hearts. Lord, for everyone here, you know us by name. You know what our story has been. But Jesus, we invite you in this space, that by your spirit that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would equip us and encourage us by your word, that Lord, that we would grow a little bit more like you, in Jesus' name. We're going to open up in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 11 is where we're going to read from. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open them up. If not, on the screen. Thanks, Melissa. Bring technology to us. So in verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That on the onstart here, as we um, pause here for a moment, that over here, what Peter is saying is that the one who calls us will enable us. The one who calls us will enable us. He calls us, and to start at this position off, knowing who calls us. That for many of us that, you know, we may be believing for a while, or you might be in this setting, and it's like, I'm just on that discovery 
of actually who is this Jesus and I'm, I'm sort of here, I haven't yet like you know fully believed but I'm on this journey of faith to know who is it that calls us. But for many of us who know Jesus, that we are reminded here that Peter is addressing this letter to believers but yet he finds it important to, to be able to write, remind them that it is he who calls us, that it enables us. That for many of us, and as I've been um, reading this scripture, just been keeping on getting this image over and over again of that silhouette of an adult holding the hand of a child. And um, just, you know, something random like that. But that picture just kept coming up to me of this understanding that do we see Jesus? Do we see God who is holding our hand? Or is it the opposite? Is it us holding and sort of dragging Jesus along with us? That idea that for every one of us, how magnified is Jesus in our life? How much is he known in our lives? How much do we fully explore and desire to know God in our lives? And so Peter here is addressing these believers and we would say, yeah, 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 we know that. But yet he finds it important in this setting where they are set in a world where there is sin and corruption and false teaching. He says, remember this at the onstart. Remember he who calls you. Remember the one who is in you. That starting space that Jesus is in you. And that for us today that sometimes we get so busy and it's like, yes, Jesus, okay, you come along with me. But in fact, it is he that calls us. That there is nothing we do to deserve or earn that, but it's through his spirit that he calls us, that he equips us, that he calls us his very own. That on that on star, that we are to remember that he is Christ in us, that he's called us, that there is nothing that we can earn or do to be able to earn that, but in fact it is Christ who calls us. And so Peter encourages them to grow in godliness. And we see all these things that are enticing and around them. But he says, remember this on the on start. Remember that it is Christ in you, the knowledge of Christ in you. That you are able to separate, separate yourself from these things. That is the knowledge of him who has called us. And then he goes on and he says he gives us everything we need. He doesn't give us what we might like. Sometimes we like all these different things. But he says, I'll give you everything you need for life and for a godly life. Everything that you need is found in Christ Jesus. That he equips us that we can resist some things. He equips us and enables us to walk through this life where all sorts of temptations may be around us. But yet he gives us every single thing in him to be able to allow us to be able to follow him fully. Recently I've been um, gifted HelloFresh. I see... Um, I saw Pastor Dean somewhere. There he is at the back. Dean and Lisa, they um, discovered HelloFresh. Um, and um, then through HelloFresh, very good promotion, what they do is say that you can get, um, you know, three friends, invite them along. I've now passed on the love to Carly Smythe. And um, 
And it says that, and so there's this different promotional thing, I'm, I'm guessing, that they say, invite your friends and to discover this. So it's a free week. And um, so now I've, I've jumped on that, been there doing that for a few weeks now. And if you don't know, does anyone know HelloFresh? I feel like it's everywhere now, but it's probably now because I now have that, that I see it everywhere. But how that's set up is these amazing packages that arrive at your doorstep. It has everything you need to be able to cook meals. So you might opt in for three nights a week or five nights, whatever you choose. But it arrives at your door with all the ingredients, with the recipe card, and the ingredients are packaged in these, these little brown paper bags and colour-coded to the recipe card. It's just so easy. You don't think about the hardest thing for cooking is thinking like, what should I cook? There's such an effort. But this thing amazingly arrives on Monday at my doorstep with everything required. For me, on a Monday, if I was to track my week, the lowest energy point of my week is Monday evening. And so you come out, it's just always been, I think for most of my life, Monday evenings, just low energy. And so Mondays, I'm generally working and then my 15-year-old son has basketball and so we do the basketball run, come home, discover there's no food in the fridge, there's no food in the pantry, have to go to the shops, have to get dinner, get, it's just tedious. But now, amazing, my life is transformed, thank you, Dean. Come along. Don't have to do shopping. Don't have to think about what I'm going to have. It is there. It is colour-coded. Grab the recipe card. Grab the colour bag. Awesome. And you just, dinner done in 30 minutes. Awesome. Everything we need is found in Christ. There is no striving. There is no earning. There is no buying. There is no, none of that. Everything we need, we need is found in Christ, that Christ holds it all. And through the knowledge of knowing him, through the understanding of his love for us, that we have everything we need and it is found in him. Everything for a godly life is founded in Christ. There is no separation with that. Packaged and delivered through faith, is we, what we, we require. It is all found in him. In verse 5 it says, For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Whoever, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Growing in godliness is intentional. We've got to be a little bit intentional about allowing this growth to happen in our lives. Peter is not writing here this list here to say how to, but that 
as we apply this, it's talking to this person of becoming to know a little bit more about he who calls us. This list here is described of the characters and qualities of God himself and those character traits of God. And Peter has written that God has provided for us to become partakers in his divine nature. And over here, Peter lists these qualities um, listed down here. And um, there's a couple of other places where we see these lists, different lists and qualities. And in Galatians, we'd be very familiar with the fruits of the Spirit. And so there's a whole list there. And in Timothy, there's another uh, list there that um, it talks about these qualities and these characters of God that Christians should pursue. But over here, we see that and throughout these three listings, none of them the same. They're all slightly different. So which suggests Peter gives this list here to us, that in this setting where we see these believers that are in this space where there is corruption, there is lies, there is false teaching, he says pursue these characters, pursue these qualities for your life as you are to grow in godliness, start pursuing these things to allow them to be able to separate you from what you are experiencing all around you. Now, when there's, there's all these false teachers, allow these qualities to be a part and be evident in your life. And we, are list, we see these list of qualities that are so dramatically different to what they would be experiencing with, these, with the sin in the world and with the um, false teaching. And it starts off to say, with faith, add to it goodness. Knowledge, add to it self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, add love. Now we see all these qualities that for each one of us, as we are continually and wanting to grow in, our, in godliness, it doesn't just happen automatically. It wouldn't just happen automatically. If we just sit here and stayed put and had two years go by, would probably remain the same. But we've got to get some things in place to intentionally help us to grow. Help us to grow in, in character, help us to grow in our godliness. Like any athlete who intends on winning, a swimmer uh, may set out to have a goal that they want to be the gold medalist. And so in order to achieve that goal, they need to put things in place intentionally to be able to achieve that goal. They get up, I hear, at all sorts of hours, like 4 a.m., to start swimming, to start training. They put trainers in place. They put um, diet in place. They do all these things to intentionally focus and to be able to achieve the goal that they set out to achieve. That they are intentional about that. And I hope our young adults currently down at State Youth Games, are also very focused and intentional about the prize of bringing that cup home again this weekend. I actually had a, a phone call from my daughter last night. She's down there and she was in hospital, but she's good. She's okay. Um, but she thought she had broken her ankle. Um, she's, she's very good in creative. Sport's not the, the strongest gifting. But, um, but she has got a strain and she's on crutches, but she's doing okay. Um, I was chatting with her. I'm like, you sound, she was in hospital. I'm like, you sound pretty good. Um, but I am that type of mother. Like, you'll be all right. And just keep going. Just keep playing. But, um, you yeah, know, so they're all down there having a great time. I haven't heard an update as to progress. Maybe Dean has a little later. We'll might hear. But also this month, about a month ago, I, it was a Friday night and I was 
just sitting there randomly and had this idea that I'd like to do brush scripting. Has anyone heard Lynn Miles? <laughs> and Carly Smythe. But this idea that I would like to learn how to do this. I've seen many a YouTube clip where if you've seen it, it is mesmerising, it is beautiful. It's something like calligraphy. Um, that would be the similar thing towards it if you haven't heard of brush scripting. And so I ring my good friend Carly Smythe, who's all things Japanese stationery. She is very good at it and um, knows all things, what's the right pens to buy, what's the right quality of paper to buy to get this thing um, nailed. And so I ring her up, I work out what I need to be able to buy to be able to um, get going on this brush scripting hobby of mine. And so I set out Saturday morning, 10 to 8 at Officeworks, waiting for it to open, buy everything I require and then sit for nine hours, um, was just in my element. The whole day went by and I'm sitting there after a hundred pieces of paper, writing drills is what they call it, learning how to, to um, use the pen with light strokes and heavy strokes and all these different things. And after eight hours of intentional focus on this thing, I was able to maybe, maybe <laughs> write one word that looks something like these professionals. But for every one of us, we'll have a focus, we'll have something that we intentionally focus on, be it sport, be it a hobby, be it skills, whatever it may be, that we invest a lot of time, energy, resource, money towards because we love it, because we intentionally focused on it. And likewise for our, our Christian growth, what does that look like? For us to be intentionally focusing on that. To be able to intentionally be moving towards getting a little bit closer towards Jesus Christ. But every single one of us are on this journey and it may look very different for everyone. But for what does that look like for us, for you? To be able to be intentionally focused on um, putting things in our place that would help us grow in character. That would help us move a little closer towards Christ that'll help us look a little bit more like Christ in our lives. For every one of us that, you know, necessarily being a Christian for a, a long amount of time doesn't help us get there. But it is about intentionally putting things in place that will help us grow and, and be able to get a little bit closer towards Christ. You know, allowing the application of Scripture over our lives. Be able to see that in our lives and being able to live that out makes a difference in who we are. Reading the word, allowing that to speak to us and allowing us to work out of that. You know, positioning ourselves in a gathering of believers like this to intentionally say that, you know, every Sunday I'm going to be there because when I'm there, I'm hearing the word, I am in the place where other believers are, I am encouraged, I'm equipped, I am worshipping, lifting up the name of Jesus. I'm intentionally going to put that in place because that helps me draw closer towards Christ. There is something special when the gathering is together, right? And Peter goes on, he says, and he's passionate about these believers hearing this message, and he says, you may see all these characteristics in your life, you may see it and you're living it out. But he then goes on to say, you will see it in increasing measure. That he says, don't rest where you're at. Don't stop where you're at. But what does it look like to continually see that increased measure of these qualities in our lives? 
What does it look like for us to continually walk in and see the evidence of Christ in our lives? He says, don't be satisfied with what you've got, but increasing in measure as these characteristics in our life. That no matter where we're at, that you might be old in age, you might be young in age, you might be a new believer, that this should always be for each one of us here, the case that we are always increasing in measure, right? Because as we draw nearer to God, as we know Christ more, that more and more we become a little bit like him. That more and more we have that understanding that his, lo- his love for us and that pours out into the spaces we're at. It is a fuel that carries us. That past our capabilities, he is so capable of. That he, he equips us and he moves us into those spaces. And ways that we can even see that happening in and through here at True North Church, to be able to position ourselves, to be able to be increasing in measure, growing in our faith. What we have, and if you're fairly new here, you may not have even heard these, but journey groups is what we do. They're organic, they happen outside of a Sunday, and how they look is that you might think, yeah, I want to be, I want to have two other people in my world where I'm able to be accountable to, where I'm able to share all the stuff that's going on in my life, but I'm also in those spaces that you're honest, you're real, you're authentic, but you get encouraged and equipped by those that you journey with. And so they're just happening groups of three, generally male and female um, separated. So you're able to talk the same language as males talk. I don't understand it, but the males do, so it's good. And females likewise. And so they're just ways that um, you're able to be intentional about moving forward in God, being able to move and draw closer to him, a place where you can get very real and be able to share the real struggles of your life. And you can do that with two other people and be able to be encouraged in that journey. And then in verse 9 it says, in the text here, it's interesting how Peter mentions, if you don't have these qualities, you are nearsighted and blind. He is saying here that you are blind and you are nearsighted. Now, I don't know about you, but I question that. I'm like, how, do you be, how can you be blind and yet be nearsighted? And what he's saying here is by not having these qualities, what we're, what we're doing in this, in this moment is that we are blind to the things of heaven, that we are blind to the things of what God is saying, that we are blind, we are shut off, our eyes are closed off to those things of heaven because we are so nearsighted that we are seeing all these different things that are happening around us. We're looking at all the different shiny, sparkly, tempting, fun things around us. And we're caught with our eyes here as opposed to our eyes that are afar. As opposed to our eyes that are far off and looking into, into, the, into heaven. So he's saying here, don't be blinded. Don't be nearsighted. So these qualities that... Um, that are come and these traits of God that are in our lives comes from the knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus. Cut off from that, we can sometimes get a little bit blinded. Our eyes don't look to heaven anymore, but they're looking here in the nearsightedness of what's happening around us. 
And we get caught in, in looking all around as opposed to looking to heaven. And today, um, as um, we talk about that, there was a picture on Thursday. Um, I was at Nepal. Can I tell you that, um, for those that are following, we used to lose every game of every series, for many series there. But now, we've got a shooter who can shoot goals. So we're now in the finals, people. It's, yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. So that's coming up in two weeks' time. Um, very good. I'll be very focused towards that as well. But um, on Thursdays, we're coming off winning, um, being um, excited about the win, hot, sweaty, stinky, all the rest of it. Uh, we're coming off the, the court and I caught my eye was this little boy who's three years old. And um, he was just looking like this. I can't even do it. His head was straight up looking at his dad. And as I was looking at him and everything's happening around us because of all the women off all the courts are coming out. And he's staring straight at his dad's eyes. And he didn't care about any distraction around him. His eyes were fixed on the gaze of his father. He was totally fixed. Like there was nothing that was going to stop him from staring at his dad in that moment. Whilst all the women were coming off and the noise was, you, know, you can imagine women, right? Especially with a win. Um, all this noise carrying on and it was all happening in the place. And yet this little boy's eyes were fixed on his father. And then as that caught my attention, I was looking then up, because sometimes, you know, when you see little kids looking at their parents, but they're like on phones or doing all sorts of things. But then I was looking up to see what his dad was doing and his dad was staring straight down at him. And there was a love and there was a connection like no other. And today as we, we wrap up here and I invite the team up, that do you know what? The love of the father, the knowing of his love in our lives, the knowledge of him in our lives is all that matters. There is no striving, there is no earning, there is no none of that. But as we look heavenward, as we look to our Father, we see growth in our lives. We become a little bit more to the one that we're looking to. We become a little bit more like Him, growing in godliness. And so today as we wrap up, I'd love to invite anyone who wants to continue that journey to grow in godliness, to stand and we'll do that now. If you could stand. Anyone that says, you know, I want to grow in this. I want to grow a little bit more. And like that little boy who just stared up at his father. However that looks for you. Eyes closed. I would love it if our eyes could be fixed on our father. The one who calls us. The one who showers us with love. The one who gives us every single thing we need. That as we look to him, the things of this earth will fade. As we draw nearer to him, the things of this earth will disappear. Because our eyes are so set on the Father and the eyes of the Father are love. So I'd love to pray for us. Holy Spirit. May we have a sense and a revelation of your love for us, Father. That, Lord, that your love for us is enough. That, Lord, as we draw nearer to you, as we look to you, Lord, 
may our eyes be set upon you. That, Lord, for whatever is going on in our worlds, Lord, you know all of that stuff. Yet we choose to keep our eyes on you. Lord, everything we need is found in you. Lord, but I pray mostly here. That, Lord, that there would be a shower of your love in this place. Holy Spirit, may you come. May you reveal. May we have a sense of the eyes of the Father looking down at us. Eyes of love and adoration for your children. That, Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that your love we continually work in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.